I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome guys to episode 9 I believe, I'm going to stop numbering episodes because I keep forgetting. Anyway, this is the second part of my Halloween special, uh, The Devil in Music, or The Devil in Heavy Metal I should say. Uh, last week we talked about uh, the early forms of the uh, dark side of music with uh, in jazz and in blues. Um, this time around, and we went into early heavy metal uh, and into the heavy rock and where it sat and the imagery now uh, as I said before last week if you remember if you listened I hope you did um, that uh, it's mainly from sort of <clears throat> Black Sabbath up to Venom um, and sort of just around the new wave of British heavy metal the the concept of a satanic side of music or the dark side of uh, the ghostly side of music was all show it's all show, it's all pretend, it's all shock value, um, A, to give them a, a semblance of differency and also to give them um, a shock and to be just to sell more records, basically, because you know that uh, the shock stuff sells. Anyway, so from sort of 1980 onwards, we then start looking at bands uh, where it's a little bit more real, to be fair. Uh, firstly, we're sort of talking about King Diamond. Now, King Diamond um, was in a band called Merciful Fate, who were, uh, formed in 81 uh, and played through to 84. Um, they're a European, um, they're from Copenhagen, and they 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 played some very, um, very beautiful and very fun and and exciting heavy metal because King Diamond if you've ever seen a picture of him I might put a picture up in the in the comments where he's got white makeup he's got inverted crosses on his face in black and he plays with he sings with a very high falsetto voice now he himself is actually a satanist he's come out he's on record quite quite open about it that he generally dabbles within the satanic side of life now that doesn't make him a bad person um, I didn't really talk about this before but Satanism isn't really 
a bad thing. It's a religion like anything else. It's not all about, you know, um, sacrifice and 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 evil. In fact, it's actually um, about if you look at if you read any. I'm not saying read it and become one, but if you look at in interest and look at some of the the writings of Anton LaVey in the Church of Satan. Uh, they were about looking after yourself and looking after other people. It's quite interesting. Anyway, so they make this music that's uh, like so. Yes, he leaves. So King Diamond leaves to to, for, to follow his solo career, um, and he writes and makes one of the most sort of the most important genre albums of them all uh, of this particular genre of the sort of um, um, sort of operatic black metal and that's Abigail it's like a concept album I, it's a brilliant album um, I highly recommend you go and check that one out the thing about King Diamond's voice is it was I said it was falsetto and it was operatic it wasn't a it wasn't it hadn't we hadn't got to the sort of the scary stuff yet it was just um, about the lyrics basically and about um, his own personal views um, so for a little while there, you you had a mix. You had your Venom, and you had your your Merciful Fate, and your King Diamonds, um, and then something I don't know. I I think it's to do with the Satanic Panic. Now, a little warning here. Uh, it does deal with suicide themes. Um, probably should have said that at the beginning, but anyway, you can turn off now if you wish to. I'm not going to go deep into it, but. Um, in the early 80s, early to mid 80s, um, a couple of American schoolboys um, took their lives um, for one reason or another. It, you know, it, it, when you're doing that sort of thing, sadly, it's not going to be about the music you're listening to, just be honest. It's much more deeper and, and sadly um, not as, uh, as clear cut. Uh, well, the parents. Um, were convinced that he had played a Judas Priest record and in the message inside the music I played backwards um, it was telling him to take his own life and they took um, uh, the band to court and subsequently the band won because it's you know logic um, and you know just common sense prevailed and they proved that it didn't have that message in it. Um, now, what happens? What's the what's the uh, a for the family? I mean, it's a very sad time for the family, but for music, what happens? Because suddenly everyone's in worried. You know, people. Are, am I putting stuff in my music that's creating this to people? I mean, I'm sure that bands like Priest and Sabbath and and Maiden and and all the big bands looking over their shoulders going mm. I mean Ozzy Osbourne's another one he was also accused you know go, oh, I don't you know what do we do so they they funnel back the the more satist, sat, satanic side of the music and the lyric um, and the imagery and they just focus on you know rock and roll and heavy metal again without being in that side of it and I think that what happens I was thinking about this the other day that the reason the rise of the very darker side of the music come about was because of that that particular moment in history, because where um, 
the the boys in the you know Norway and Finland and Germany and all around Europe and in America, they're really getting into that sort of um, really under sort of connected with the darker side of it. Were no longer they had no out out outlay. They couldn't listen to it because it would been sanitized and cleaned and um, gone back to sort of a little bit backwards. To be fair, um, and so they they then get into their own. Um, they get into their own world and create, want to start creating their own music and they bring that darker side back to the music but they bring it back in a much, much more evil way and I, I said this back in a couple of podcasts back about black metal and, and, and I'm not going to go over it again but they just created this genre and this bit where um, the the imagery from the darkest, I guess this gets 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 out of control. Really, I, look, I love it because I can step away and see it's only imagery. But to the people that were making it, it was very very real, and some of the people listening to it was very very real. Hence the church church burnings, and the murders and and so on. But let's get back to get away from that. Let's get back to um, the music. So, sort of, there were bands that were bubbling underneath around that time but were very underground. So I'm thinking of bands like Slayer. Slayer's a classic example. If you people think I mean Slayer has a very, very dark image to its music, but actually Tom Arroyer, the bass player and singer, is a he's a born again Christian. I think um, you know, I think the only member of the band that was really sort of anything as angry and as vile was Kerry King. And this place he's not listening to this Kerry, but you know, You've only got one solo, and if I take away your your Floyd Rose trim, you haven't got anything at all. That aside, I actually love Slayer, so, but I'm just I'm just joking with you there, little music joke. Um, so you got these bands in America, so you pole opposites of the world. You've got the cold Norwegian fjord music where it's dungeonous and dark and foreboding and echoing and 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 lo-fi, and then in America. You've got bands like Slayer um, and um, Death and Deicide, uh, you know, all from the Bay Area and Florida and Tampa Bay, making this, uh, taking um, like the early thrash, like the Meta- Metallicas and uh, Megadeths um, and Venom, and mixing them and making this sort of really, really well-made, beautifully structured. Um, dark, stark music that's just brilliant. I don't. So not everyone is a Slayer fan. I know a lot of people aren't. But if you see them live, you just it blows you away. I lucky I got to see them with Hanneman before he died, before Jeff died. Got to see them and with um, Lombardo on drums. Blown away. I was standing said dead center of the stage, and. Uh, Lombardo hits the drums he's starting to do the drum intro into um, Reign of Blood and I was pushed physically pushed back the only time I ever had that before was with Deep Purple I got physically moved by the bass and the drums uh, but yeah just brilliant live and again so these these bands um, park the idea of Deicide I'm going to park them over we'll come back to them in a minute um, Slayer for all their worth, I think they, I think, musically, 
they were more gifted than they like to be and i think they like venom to some extent extent and i you know i'm, I'm going to say i love venom but i do um they sort of they paid themselves into a corner uh, musically and so if they wanted to get out and do something different they were frowned upon and looked on as you know hey what's going on metallica I, I do the same i'm not a metallica fan up to cliff burton's poor sad demise brilliant after that not so much um, i think they did the same thing when they did lulu and it was they wanted to do something musically different um, and brave enough that they were but the fans just wouldn't let them wouldn't let them do it and it just yeah sort of I think to some extent ruined them and and it's how sometimes this darker music this sort of heavier music can trap you um, as a musician I mean punk was the same a lot of the punk bands um, never really felt potential because they couldn't go beyond the, you know the three chords the dynamic of punk and its imagery uh, again some of them did some of them did I mean you know I, I could name loads that did uh, UK, uh, sorry, uh, Undertones, The Damned, Stiff Little Fingers, uh, The Stranglers, you know, this, they, a lot of them did. But but with the metal scene, a lot of them either just faded away or got stuck in this niche. Um, anyway, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and get a, a cup of tea. I've been talking now for 12 odd minutes and rambling. Once I'll, I'll see you on the other side. Um, and when we come back, we're going to talk about um, some some of the bands that I've seen and some experiences I've had, but also um, some really interesting stories about about how and what not to do uh, when you're a, a black metal band. Okay, talk to you soon. Welcome back, guys, to part two. Um, I did actually forget before the break to mention a band like Possessed. So Possessed uh, were, I think, the sort of originators of the American um, sort of death metal and uh, black metal scene. Uh, if any of you ever listened to any of their albums, you'll understand what I mean by that. Uh, they just are a corker of a band live. Um, and their albums are amazing. They're on. They're mainly on Earache Records, and that's as old, isn't it? Most <laughs> Roadrunner or Earache, they're, they're the two big um, American metal labels. But uh, you'll find Possessed on. Uh, they're from the Bay Area as well, and they have. They're named after a a movie, actually, I believe, with um, Natasha Kinski in it. Uh, fantastic movie. Anyway. They have their symbols, inverted crosses, um, you know, devil and pentagrams, and they have songs that um, that sort of incorporate that side. But they're also fun to listen to. Whereas some of the Norwegian stuff, as I've mentioned to you before, is very impenetrable unless you're really, really trying very hard to get under its skin. Um, it takes a bit of a bit of going. So, continuing on. So. 
we've moved from the mid 80s to sort of the 1990s when um, you've got the, um, the Norwegian stuff going crazy over there and then sort of bubbling just behind that and into from sort of mid 86 87 onwards you're getting your bands like your Slayers but as I said park this your Deicide Deicide and if anyone of you doesn't know what that means it means to kill God okay or a deity um, yes lovely isn't it um, the lead singer Glenn Benton now I'm going to ask you all guys if you don't know who he is and some of you won't Google him and see <laughs> see what he looks like I've got you know he's not gonna listen to this Glenn so it doesn't matter but I would have a listen look at a picture of him um, he's not exactly the most intelligent looking man now what he did is he burnt an inverted cross into his forehead Okay, it's going to say it all there, doesn't it, really? I don't care for them. I don't own any of their stuff. I have seen them live. And here's a funny story. So my old friend, Crazy Melvin, I've told you about him before. He got he had a mate, now don't ask you his name, but he was a record, I think he was a promoter. And Deicide were playing at the Astoria, 89, 90, something like that. Um, and those out there who know what tour that is, let me know because I can't remember. Anyway, I got free tickets and he said, do you want to go? And I was like, well, why not? Free tickets, I'll go. We didn't get backstage passes and I'm sort of glad I didn't really. We turned up and if any of you have been to the Astoria, it doesn't really exist in the UK anymore. I think now it's a it's a, a lesbian and gay bar now, I think. Well, it was when I was there last. Anyway, um, it used to be a nightclub there called The Web, which was a night, heavy metal nightclub, which I used to get into underage. It was really good. Anyway, uh, so I'm there. Picture this. I've queued up. I've got in. Now, my mate's mate, Melvin's mate, was wearing a suit. And he had the backstage lanyard for it. And I was like, okay. Now, I don't know who the support was. I couldn't tell you, to be honest. I can't remember. I probably could look it up, but I can't remember. Anyway, I'd had a few beers. And we're in there. And in front of the stage was wire mesh like completely covering surrounding the stage floor to ceiling and I was thinking what is going on and this is before the internet right this is this is before you could just see videos of the night before and other other gigs and you had to get your information from magazines and from second hand sources I had no idea what was going on alright and of course I'd only started really getting into this stuff because of Melvin now Melvin was and is if he's still with us, I haven't seen Melvin in 20 odd years. But he was a Satanist as well, actually. He was he was crazy. That's why he was called Crazy Melvin for a reason. Um, anyway, he was standing there and he's giggling. And I'm thinking, what are you giggling at? What's going on? He knew what was going to happen. He just knew. So on comes the band. And on, straight away, uh, people started chucking pits of meat and Oh, so it was my phone, ignore that in the background. Um, chucking lumps of meat at the stage and pig's heads and innards. It was the most disgusting thing. I, I lucky well, I was at the back. Um, you know, after about four or five minutes of this, I just went to the bar. I was like, well, I'm going to the bar. Like, I'll go and sit at the bar, I'll go and sit at the bar. And I just watched the band from the bar. And, you know, musically, they left me cold. Um, the same is the same when I saw Cannibal Corpse for the first time and only time in Sydney. I went because my mate's girlfriend wanted to go. We went. I could have left in 30 seconds. Just 
Just because it's heavy and hard and aggressive, and I love that, doesn't mean it's good. It had no melody, it's got no soul, it's got no rhythm, it's just atonal rubbish. And that's very much the same I find with Deicide. Get me wrong, I could be wrong. There might be um, albums out there that if I go back down and listen to it, I might like. But anyway, I mean, he's he's an apocryphal tale, but apparently, this is the kind of guy he is, he would sit on his deck of his house in the Florida swamps and he would chuck puppies and kittens to the crocodiles. Live ones. Anyway, anyway, it's apocryphal whether it's true or not. I don't know. Anyway, back to what I was saying. So, so you've got those bands coming through that are, are taking it a bit more seriously than ever before. And the Norwegian stuff bubbled away and disappeared, dissipated and became more radio friendly and less, you know, I think they realised that to make money, and that's what they, I mean, let's be honest, we want to make music because we love to make music, but at the end of the day, we also need to make money because we need to feed ourselves and pay our rent and put our kids through school and all that sort of stuff. I thought, oh, it's not making money. Well, they watered it down. No, not to everyone's fans but uh, liking, but they watered it down and they made it more interesting. And, and of course, from that comes many, many subgenres. Okay, you get you get your death metal, which is the where the where your um, your day aside um, and and bands like that come through. Cannibal Corpse, and they're more extreme, but. Um, and so they water it. You get all these new, you know, you get technical death and progressive death and um, technical black and progressive black metal and melodic death and melodic progressive technical black metal. It's it's just crazy, but there's all these different things, and became you could find a market to make money. Um, but then there's recently, and that sort of just bubbled along and disappeared. And you know they'd release an album every couple of years and. No one's really listening. It's not making big splashes. And then it sort of lifted its head again in, in our genres of music. Um, one of my favourite bands, Behemoth, or Behemoth, um, Benji and I saw them at, Dow- at Download and they were brilliant. Um, uh, Nagel, the lead singer, um, he was almost imprisoned um, a few years ago because he was doing a tour. I mean, if you ever get to see or images of um, Behemoth, they wear the corpse paint. They've got they spit blood. They play very like I hate God and, and, and all these anti-Christian sentiments in their music, and they they're not the sort of band you look at and go, oh they're nice guys. I'll take them home to see my mum. They're just not. They they you know that they they are the real thing, and. They're on tour in the southern states of America, the most Christian place on earth. And they, they, sorry, American listeners, but you know, it's, you're very, very religious people. And that's, and again, I'm going to put a caveat. That's up to you, man. That's, I'm cool with that. Whatever you, whatever rocks everyone's boats. We're all different. Um, and, and if you've got a spirit in, and, 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 and religion in your life, it means you have music in your soul and you have love in your heart. It's a great thing. Anyway, so the story goes is the devil wear, the devil wears Prada gave the band a Bible, and Nurgle goes on stage, sits down, and you can see it's on video. 
it's on YouTube, and he rips the Bible up in front of the audience and starts making anti-Christian comments. Now, in America, it is actually illegal. Well, you can be arrested for this fact, for uh, destroying uh, the Bible. I, I didn't know this, but it can. So he was arrested, and he was gonna, and he they were, and he was on trial for two years, on and off, not in trial, but you know, it went through the courts for two years. Oh, no, ten years, sorry. And it finally was overturned. Common sense overturned it. All right. So there is, there are still bands that, even though the Satanic Panic, which I min- mentioned earlier in the show, um, thinned out, it came back. So little Lucifer and the Horned One, he bubbles his head around the music. It's not just in heavy metal, though. I mean. Um, what about the probably the the best post-punk band of them all, Killing Joke, and they are very spiritual, and they play to play around with not satanic imagery, but they do play around with um, uh, pagan imagery, and that's a different story, paganism, but it's still a form of old form of non-Christianity and, and not a not not an organised religion. And I saw I've seen Killing Joke many times and every time I've seen them I've been in a trance like a solid trance I, I don't, I, the band starts and I don't remember it happening and I come out the other side and they're like what, what happened there and they often talk about that that they they themselves on stage enter into, into a trance while playing and it becomes very um, spiritual and I think you know looking back and I've talked to the last two weeks about this the devil and Satan and the demons and blah 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 but really, when it comes to it, the, the fire and passion in the music we're listening to, it's not really, is it really that? I think it's just spirit. I just think it's the spirit of rock and roll. I, you can label it, you can call it what you want. I just think deep down, it's the spirit of rock and roll. It burns bright, it burns fast, and those that can't control it die by its flame. Um... And and, and, and and I don't think we should try to control it. And I think that is what really this Halloween month is about. I think the spirit of rock and roll is not about devils and demons and darkness and satanic rituals and uh, um, scaring people. I think it's just about the burning flame of rock and roll. And if we think about all the people that we have lost, and we've talked about this before, in, in, in heroes of ours, they've all burnt brightly, haven't they? And even family and friends. Let's, let's take a minute to think about families and friends that were no longer with us and I'm sure that when you think about them they burnt bright and they burnt and they burnt fast and they burnt hot I'm sure they did um, anyway on that sort of note <laughs> we'll get back to what I was talking about anyway so I don't think that you can label any form of music a, a dark and dangerous music I think you can label the people who listen to it and who no not create it I don't think people who listen to it and who add things to it I mean come on we're all of the same generation most of us we know about the Manson family and we know about um, you know the shooting of John Lennon we know about these people that just hear the music and because they're deeply deeply scarred emotionally um, and spiritually 
they grab onto other things and create something that's not there. Is it dangerous and reprehensible of us to create music that these people can hang on to? I don't think it is, because then that's a f then what happens then? We're all just and please don't get this wrong. We're all just singing hymns in in church, because that again is also a dangerous thing, because not everyone believes in that side of the life either. So no, I don't think we. I don't think it is dangerous for people to make this music. I think it's dangerous. For some people to listen to it, um, I think it's. I think you have to um, be very strong in your in your own world and mind sometimes with some of it. But if we just take it as entertainment, if we just take it as shock value, and we go back to the fantastic, you know, fireworks of venom, and and cutting studio doors in half with chainsaws to make the right sound, and the lo-fi. Um, you know, uh, punk ethos of of the those early new wave of British heavy metal bands, like, like Satan, like Demon, like Venom, like Grim Reaper. You know, these bands they had the image, but they weren't no one doing any harm. So, on that note, I hope I've been, you know sort of covered off of some things. I've probably missed a few things here and there. I always do. I always appreciate that you come and listen. Um, please wherever you get your podcasts if you could subscribe and then leave a comment good or bad doesn't bother me you could email me at heavymetaltones at gmail.com that's heavymetaltones at gmail.com or you can come to our Facebook page at uh, Noobum that's N-W no Noobum yes Noobum and all things metal don't ask me to spell it out you know how to spell it um, at Facebook uh, anyway uh, it's been a great chatting these last few weeks I'm looking forward to next week's episode I think it'll be slightly lighter I think I might go and, and we'll do a review next week, that's always fun um, and hopefully we're going to get a guest on very soon and have a chat but uh, don't don't not listen to this mu the music please because you think that it could do you your soul any harm please don't look at this, this music because you think that it's too out there do give it a go there are melodies and beauty in all of it um, you know I think it it opens our own spiritual way uh, future and our own lives if we don't pigeonhole ourselves I said it before at the beginning of this podcast I listen to all sorts of music um, you know everything from jazz to extreme black uh, Norwegian death metal I really it's just and everything in between so, you know, it depends on what, what mood you wake up in in the morning. All right? Anyway, give it a go. Don't be scared of it. I mean, it scared me at first, but you just know when to turn off and when to know it's not real. Um, that's not to say, sorry guys, that's not to say I don't believe this stuff is real. I'm a very spiritual person and I genuinely do believe that there are things beyond our knowledge and our realm that we cannot see and we cannot hear and touch that would and could do harm yes I do believe in that and I do believe in in spirits and so on that's a different a whole different podcast but so but I don't think they're coming through to us in the music they're coming through to us in a lot more um, pervasive and um, sort of 
snidey ways than just coming through your stereo when you put on some deicide or some possessed or some Burzum or some emperor or some even iron maiden they're not they're not they're just not but i'll leave you on that note so have a good halloween enjoy your month if you're doing trick or treat we don't do it here in this part of the world but if you're doing trick and treat be safe um, we get lots of candy um, lots of um, fun in costumes and now we're all sort of coming out of lockdown this will get to some gigs anyway thanks for chatting with me and listening to this old man rambling on and uh talk to you next week bye guys deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.